For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast. Believe Podcast Network, I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. The Raiders begin a stretch of three straight division games, and it starts with a return to their old stomping ground, Los Angeles take on the last place Chargers in the brand new SoFi Stadium. The Silver and Black are coming off a tough, gutsy 10-point win over the Cleveland Browns, and now they'll try and win back-to-back games for the second time this season. The Raiders are 4-3 and three after playing the hardest schedule in the NFL thus far, and moving forward, they have the 25th hardest schedule remaining. Chargers are currently 2-5 and five and have blown several big leads and a handful of their games. Fortunately for the Chargers, there's no fans allowed. Otherwise, this would be like a home game for the Raiders. As you know, the Raiders played at the LA Coliseum from 1982 to 1994. And even though they left Southern California over 25 years ago, the organization still has a very strong fan base here in LA. I've been to a lot of games in San Diego, as well as Carson, where the Chargers played their first three years before moving into SoFi. And trust me, those were like home games for the Silver and Black. Especially in Carson, where the stadium only holds about 27,000 people. And no lie, it was probably 80% Raider fans every year. That won't be the case this time around. No fans are allowed to attend games here in Los Angeles County. So I look at it as a neutral site game. That's why BetOnline.ag has this game as a pick'em. And the over-under at 53. Raider Nation, if you haven't been to this website, get there. It's fantastic. Check it out right now. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And then there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. All right, time to look at this storied rivalry that began in 1960. This is the 122nd meeting between these two original AFL members, and the Raiders hold a slight edge in this series, 65-54, to and there's been a couple of ties. The Chargers moved to San Diego after their first year here in Los Angeles. And they were quite successful right out of the gate, appearing in four out of the first five AFL championship games and winning one. The late Al Davis, who would eventually become the Raiders' owner, he started off as an assistant coach for the Chargers until becoming the Raiders' head coach in 1963. The Raiders won both matchups last year, but this series has been dominated by long winning streaks. The Raiders won 10 in a row from 1972 to 1977. And then the Chargers put together 
even more impressive run, winning 13 in a row from 2003 to 2009. It's hard to believe, but these two have met only once in the postseason, and it was January 1981. The Raiders were looking to become just the second wildcard team to make it to the Super Bowl. Oakland jumped out to a 28-7 lead late in the first half and then had to hold off a late Chargers rally. San Diego cut the lead to seven with just under seven minutes to play. But the Raiders held the ball for the last 6.52 of the game. They went on a 15-play drive as quarterback Jim Plunkett scrambled a couple times on third down to pick up key first downs and clinch the victory. But the most famous game took place in 1978 at San Diego Stadium, as it was known back then. The Raiders dropped their opener to the Denver Broncos and were on the verge of going 0-2 to begin the season. I remember sitting in front of the TV, trying to grasp how my Raiders could actually lose two in a row. I mean, it had never happened since I started following them in 1975. There's 10 seconds left in the game. The Raiders had the ball on the Chargers' 14-yard line, trailing 20-14. Quarterback Kenny Stabler took the snap, and he found himself about to be sacked. And somehow, I don't know how, the ball came out of his hands, and it moved forward towards the Chargers' goal line. And then Raiders running back Pete Banizak appeared like he tried to recover the ball around the 10-yard line or so, but he couldn't keep his footing. And they kind of pitched the ball with both hands even closer to the end zone. And that's where Raiders tied in Dave Casper. He really couldn't get a clean handle on it. So he kind of batted and maybe kicked it around a little bit into the end zone where he fell on it for the game-tying touchdown as time ran out. Earl Mann kicked the extra point, and the Raiders won 21-20 to in a game that became known as the Holy Roller. It also led to a rule change where in the last two minutes of the half or game, if a player fumbles, he's the only one who can recover and advance the ball. One last note on this play, Raider Nation. If you have never heard the late, great Bill King's radio call, do yourself a favor. Listen, it brings you chills. Actually, you know what? Here it is. I'm going to play it for you. The crowd takes up a chant of defense. Robisky and Banizak are the back. Slot right. Branch inside. Bradshaw, Stabler back. Here comes the rush. He sidesteps. Can he throw? He can't. The ball flipped forward as loose. A wild scramble. Two seconds on the clock. Casper grabbing the ball. It is rolled a fumble. Casper has recovered in the end zone. The Oakland Raiders have scored on the most zany, unbelievable absolutely impossible dream of a play. Madden is on the field. He wants to know if it's real. They said, yes, get your big butt out of here. He does. There's nothing real in the world anymore. The Raiders won the football game. All right, before we get to our guest, a couple of player updates. Starting right tackle Trent Brown. As you know, he was carted out of the Raiders locker room before the Cleveland game as he got air into his bloodstream from a botched IV. Now, Brown checked out of a Cleveland hospital on Monday, but had to remain in Cleveland overnight as there were no available flights. Now, the Raiders' right tackle is feeling better, but he didn't practice on Wednesday. The NFL Players Association has launched an investigation into the IV mishap, so we'll have to see how that plays out. How about rookie cornerback Damon Arnett? He was at practice on Wednesday, and although he didn't participate, Head coach John Gruden expects him to practice on Thursday. And if he's a go on Thursday and Friday as well, I think that bolds very well for Sunday. And just an FYI, Raider Nation, I taped this episode 
Wednesday evening. All right, Raider Nation, it's time to welcome in today's guest to the podcast. He played 13 seasons in the NFL, including one with the silver and black in 2018. He's also the co-host of Believe in LA Football podcast and the Take Back the West podcast as well. Please welcome Frosty Rucker to the podcast. Frosty, this is an honor. Thank you so much for taking the time. Dennis, likewise. Thanks for having me, Raider Nation. What's going on? I miss you guys. I uh, haven't been to Vegas to be in a stadium, but neither have you, but I miss you guys. Frosty, before every Raider game, they always played that video. There's 31 teams in the NFL, and then there's the Raiders. I know you were only there one year, but what was it like playing for the Silver and Black? Completely special uh, moment for me uh, just to have played them, to be able to come back to California and play in the soil one more time uh, in front of those fans. Uh, they're they're loud. They're they're crazy. Their their faces are painted. But you know, a lot of us are Raiders inside. You know that that's the the stuff. They go Sundays to be who they are, and so did I. So uh, it was an honor to play for the Raider organization. They did a great job, and as you see, they're getting a lot better on Sundays, and they're competing at such a high level. And I'm so proud of uh, the progress Coach Gruden and Mark Davis have going on. Coach Gruden, did you ever get the evil eye from him? No, I was an older guy. You know, he's a big fan of the older guys because we, we we know how to work. He, he doesn't have to really uh, get on us too much. I'm sure if I made a couple more plays, he would have given me some more smiles and pats on the back. But besides that, no, I never got the evil eye, uh, you know, because I did go back and watch the game tapes after to see if I did something. And, he, you know, he snared up Chucky style. But no, I never got it. Frosty, when Mark relocated the team to Vegas, he's been sending all his former players bricks with, with the Raider logo and their name. Did you get a brick yet? I did. I did. And, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. Very, very cool. Hey, I know you played for Paul Gunther in uh, 2018 as well. He's been taking a lot of heat. The defense actually played very well against the Bengals. What is Gunther's style? That's a good question. Um, obviously, he likes to pressure, but he, he also likes to to – leave it on his defensive backs to just make plays. And, and I will see defenders at general, uh, he puts you in a place in the vicinity to make a play and it's on you to just, you know, do it. Uh, he's a, he's a good coach. Uh, he is taking a lot of uh, flack for, you know, some of these losses and uh, some of the guys uh, shortcomings, but um, I know he's working hard. I know he's being as competitive as he can to push his guys. And that's just how sometimes football rolls. Yeah, you mentioned Frosty, and I've, I've defended Gunther a little bit. I said, I'm still not sure there's enough pieces in place for what he's trying to do. Do you think there's any truth to that? Yeah, sometimes, you know, you have, everyone has to battle injuries, right? But the true identity of that defense has to come from within the players to make a play. Sometimes you just got to beat someone and make a play. You can't just rely on the coach's call. And that takes a lot of time to gel Sometimes I'm into a, a situation and there's energy there and the Raiders didn't have that. They had to completely redo this whole team from draft, uh, from the free agents and they're gelling. Then they get a couple injuries here and there. You know, you have to call plays based on your personnel sometimes. And sometimes he probably is shorthanded or he may not feel as comfortable calling a call. But I like Coach Gunther. Uh, I wish him luck and I hope they just continue to get better because uh, they're onto something special. Yeah, you know, they have... Through the first seven games, they had the NFL's toughest schedule. They came out pretty good, four and three. Schedule gets a lot softer moving forward. What's impressed you the most about their start? 
You know, I like the I like up front. I like the way those guys are playing. I like how they have energy playing within, you know, the system. I love the way they are as a unit. They they congratulate each other, they have energy, they pick each other off the ground. Um, I'm excited about that. You know, truly, I'm very excited that they're gelling because before you know it, they take that next step and it's accountability and it's a, a team and defense form like that. So I'm proud of those guys. And, and I think the way this schedule is going to end up playing out, they could be right where they want to be. And it's going to be end up like I told you show. Frosty, from 2018 to this year, what have you seen in terms of maturation with quarterback Derek Carr? I think he's one of the best, man. Um, obviously, I played. Yeah, yeah, I said it. Uh, I played 13 seasons, that last one with him, and the way he prepared, it wasn't any different the way Carson prepared. He, You know, he was for the first time, me and Carson used to almost beat each other to the facility, trying to be the first one to make sure we can get on the rehab table and hot tub. But Derek beat me every time. You know, um, he, he, he won't be outworked. And I, I think team success is the true definition of Derek, uh, according to all the fans. But being in the locker room and knowing his presence and know how his work ethic is, he makes a true grit leader, and he's one of the best to me. Final question uh, on the Raiders, and then we'll dive into the uh, the L.A. Chargers. What do you think the keys are for the Raiders to beat the Chargers on Sunday? Play Raider football. Um, obviously, I do host a Charger show, but um, I'm not getting paid by them. So <laughs> they got to play Raider football. Obviously, I'm a big Raider fan, and you know, watching some of the guys that were in the locker room with me. Um, they got to play Raider football. Uh, the Chargers just lost a tough one in Denver. Obviously, it's a conference game. Didn't want to lose that one. They got a great quarterback that's throwing the ball around. Rookie. Uh, he's not afraid. He can run. He can throw. He's doing all the things. But the, the Raiders are a more complete team. And the one thing I, I want the Raiders to carry over to this game, you're supposed to be a team like they're supposed to be beat. And you're supposed to beat teams that you can beat. And they definitely can go in here and get a W this week. And they should. It's a great conference game. They already beat the Chiefs. Let's stack one versus them and keep it going. Frosty, the Chargers are just two and five, uh, but they have blown big leads in yeah. four straight games. I know they came back to beat Jacksonville, but that last week against losing to Denver, that's a heartbreaker. I mean, is there one thing you can pinpoint to why they're losing all these games? I just think it's the finish. You know, uh, a lot of people talk about finish. They make T-shirts and all sorts of hats and say finish on them, but that's truly what it is. They get a good lead, and somehow they can't finish teams off. They let them creep back in. I don't know if it's a call that uh, they play a little loosely on defense, and somehow, some way, uh, teams just inch back in the game, and they dink and dunk, and they score points, and then at, by the fourth quarter, they're in an all-shootout and playing for the, you know their lives. And um, they do have a solid team as I'm watching them. Uh, I think Coach Lynn is a great coach, and I think they got a lot of uh, momentum and progress there. But they drop off and they don't finish games, and the Raiders do finish games. So I'm, I, I'd have to go with the Raiders. Well, Coach Lynn said he's going to try to simplify things on the back end. Is it that simple? Well, I mean, you got Gus Bradley back there that knows how to dial it up. You know, he's a, a great defensive coordinator that come, you know, with a heritage of great players. And maybe they're just now gelling and trying to figure it out. But it does look like a little lapse with the, um, the defensive backs and safeties and whatnot. So they do let some uh, balls get over their head. They get, you know, they get caught uh, on them all the time, move the chains and touchdowns. And I'm not sure it's a call that can get out of this. You know, um, 
They, they lost a, a great player in Chris Harris earlier in the season. And that has shown that in leadership in the, the, in the locker room, that's probably shown in the huddle and his playmaking ability itself is what they were counting on getting him from Denver and he's not there. So if they simplify it, that means their car might just have a 400, 500 yard passing <laughs> because he's that good and he will pick you apart. Right. No Derwin James back there either. Definitely. It's right. been a big blow for the Chargers. But Frosty, you played, like I mentioned, off the top 13 years in the NFL. How much of it becomes mental when it's like, oh, my gosh, here we go again? There's a lot of teams, well, every team that didn't have an offseason program. So the, the amount of good football we're watching, you know, we really got to applaud them for coming together and teams out there that are playing really well. But I can't be too down on guys that don't have that extra uh, gear sometimes because you don't know the training you don't know what went into this season so things have happened I'm not too that's why I'm more uh positive on the note this season with the Chargers and letting them grow but yeah it does fall in the mental a little bit because you do have to whatever adversity hits in the football season at any point you do have to study you do have to dive in and focus it's not like they can go out and go to restaurants and Disneyland and Magic Mountain or anything like that, these guys should be locked in. So the mental aspect does play a factor, but you expect pros to be a little bit more sharp. You mentioned Chargers rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert. He has been fantastic. I mean, you can make the case offensive rookie of the year. I know Joe Burrow, the Bengals, is putting up some big numbers as well, but obviously you're smiling. How impressive has Herbert been to you? I'm very impressed. You know, obviously I'm a defender and a defensive lineman at that. So I don't really like patting quarterbacks on the back. To me, <laughs> but the kid has been very impressive the way he got thrown into the fire. Uh, when Tyrod Taylor gets that mysterious injury pregame before a game and he goes out there and just lights it up. I mean, if you watch him week in, week out, besides last week, throwing two picks. But besides that, the kid has been playing at an all-star level. Um like I said earlier, when we were talking, he, he runs, he passes down the field. He, he truly has everything they are looking for. And that's why I'm so positive on him and Coach Lynn, that marriage together, that I don't want it to break up because it's definitely not the offensive side of the ball that's putting this team in these binds. It's calling, they're falling short on defense. This guy should be right there neck and neck with Joe Burrow for rookie of the year right now. They're both been really impressive. But to me, I like Herbert. I think he's... For me, he's playing better. All right, final question. I'll get you out of here on this one. There was an article in the LA Times questioning whether Anthony Lynn was the right man to carry the Chargers forward in this Justin Herbert era. I thought that was completely unfair. What's your thoughts on that, Frosty? Just like I touched on, and I think uh, Anthony Lynn deserves to, you know, prove it. Um, it's not the offensive side of the ball by trade. You know, Anthony Lynn is a running back, so his – you know, his strengths, his positives, and everything he has going forward is on the offensive side of the ball. And his defense that's coming up short. I think the Chargers should be indebted to him. He's got a brand new quarterback that he has to move forward. It's not the offensive side of the ball. So it's not anything that he technically has to do. I know he is the head coach and he oversees it all, but I think it's more on the defensive side of the ball and what they do with Gus Bradley in that situation. All right, good stuff. Hey, Frosty, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. And don't forget, Raider Nation, you can check out Frosty. He's the co-host of the Believe in L.A. Football podcast and the Take Back the West podcast as well. Frosty, once again, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, guys. And uh, go Raider Nation, go. I miss you guys. Once again, it's the Raiders and Chargers on Sunday. It's a 1.05 p.m. 
Pacific starting time. And you can watch the game on your local Fox affiliate. Yes, once again, an AFC game on the NFC Network. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.